0: I do want to take for a scripture reading this morning. If you have your Bibles and want to turn and mark with me in the book of Colossians, chapter one, uh, if you want to turn to the book of Colossians, chapter one, mark that spot and also go back to the book of Psalms in the 69th division of the book of Psalms. And you can uh, turn to those two places, uh, if you will, here this morning. And um, again, let's pray one for another and let's pray for the receiving of God's word that it might find a place it's supposed to this morning. Colossians chapter 1, if you'll mark that, and let's go back to the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 69. Colossians 1 and Psalms 69. There's been more than one occasion in my life, but probably the most frequently reminded thought I have was a few years ago when there was a great flood that happened here. Uh, I remember there was a young lady... uh, probably somewhere in high school, early college, and she had left. And you know how waters are when they begin to rise pretty quick and the water begins to flow. And a young lady had left uh, a, a landmark there in town. A, I think it was a grocery store or Walmart or something. And they were going to try to trick through uh, some some water there, and all of a sudden they got swept away. And I can remember uh, very plainly there was a, this eerie feeling. Uh, for hours on hours on hours, there was this search that was going on to find this this young lady that had been swept away in the waters. Of course, to be totally honest with you, uh, your mind's thinking, is something bad happened? Is it going to have a good outcome? And uh, I can tell you this, uh, I don't know, two, three, four hours later, uh, the lady, as she got swept away. She got a hold, the water had risen up enough. She was about halfway up in a tree and she clinged to that tree and she climbed up uh, and she screamed uh, until they was able to get in and and get a rescue after her. And I tell you that story because... There have to be a time in this one person's life, obviously, that they look at their life differently afterwards than they did before that because things drastically happen. I want you to envision this. You've got a life. It's like a timeline. You've got a starting point. You've got an end point. This is, here we go. We go through life, and usually when we start talking about rescues, it's where somebody goes through what's called a U-shaped. It's where they go down, and it's like, man, this is not looking good. I'm in a bad place right now. And then all of a sudden they get back up to where they were and they kind of keep going. I want to tell you what I before we read these scriptures. There should be a vast difference in how you look at life before the incident and how you look at it after the incident. And I want to ask you something. Is there a time in your life when you've been rescued by God? Now you may say, no preacher, I've never got caught in floodwaters. I've never got into a point where I had a... Uh, a swarm of bees that was around me or I had snakes all around I'm talking about a time in your life when you knew that you was bound for hell and you were in a sink despair feeling that you had and God brought you out do you think that we as human beings are, I, I'm going to say it a little bit different Do you think we as saved people should look at life different? As we go through life, all of a sudden we find ourselves in this predicament where we're lost and we can't get out of it. God delivers us out and he sets us on. There's a difference in how we look at life. So when you go back and look at that time in your life when things were different, do you have a time in your life... I want to tell you something. I I can tell you about all the, the bumps in the road. For me, as I go through life, I can tell you about a time when I sunk to despair and God brought me out of the very pits of hell and he established my goings. But you know what? I kept going and you know what? Life just keeps throwing us things. And every time, time and time and time again, when life begins to make us see, God picks us up and God brings us out of those things. So this morning... I want to read to you, if we can, I wonder if you've got your Bibles, turned over to the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 69. I want to read to you, if I may, uh, these scriptures. Let's start here, and we'll get over Colossians in just a second. But Psalm 69, this is David. And these scriptures are quoted quite a bit in the New Testament because people go back to a time when David was in such despair and God delivered him. Can you read this psalm? Can you sing this psalm? Does this psalm relate to you in your life? Let's skip down to about the 14th verse. Read along with me if you will. There's a need that was there. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Do you get this image where the life is sinking and things are happening? He said, Lord, there's nobody else that can throw me a lifeline like you can. I need you. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Folks, there's a lot of things that seem like they have us. Sometimes I get this idea, and I don't know if you like me and your mind begins to wonder. I often wonder what would it be like, and I do not want to experience this. Let me clarify this. What would it be like, and for those of you that's been to the ocean and you see what it's like, what would it be like out in the very deep seas where there's no land or no life in sight for you to be out in the middle of the ocean, basically in despair that there is no hope in your life? That's what it's like Be lost. And I don't say exactly like that, but as the darkness comes along, could you imagine the despair that you, you feel like that, that this is not going to have a good ending, that things are, are, are going to change if they do not change You're going to die in that setting. Could you imagine the hopeless feeling? For lost people, I want you to know something. There is not a hopeless enough situation you can get in that God cannot bring you out of. So this morning, when we think about that, I'm going to get to our title here in just a minute. But let's read what he can. He says, Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. He said, Lord... There's still an opportunity. Don't close it yet. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. And hide not thy face from thy servant. For I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine Enemies. So this morning we want to stop right there and I want you to look if we will where it says in that 17th verse, For I am in trouble, hear me speedily. Now when I say speedily, that just means quickly. You know what, folks? If there's one soul that is here this morning and you've never been saved, you need to be crying out to God and He needs to hear you and hear you quickly. Because you are in a shape and time cannot wait any longer. You may say, "I want to wait till another day," or you may say, "You want to wait till another time in your life," where uh, that that you want to wait till things are more convenient for you, or you want to get saved. But let me tell you something: the the waters are rising, the storms are coming, and things are happening in your life, and you need God. You need to be able to say, like the psalmist did, "For I am in trouble; hear me speedily." I want you to think about something for just a minute. Do you think that somebody that's caught up in a tree that's out in the middle of a flood or somebody that's out in the middle of an ocean without any kind of life preserver, do you think that they have to be told they're in trouble? No. Nobody's going to have to come up and say, you know what, you're in a, you're in a, sorry, you're in a pickle, you're in a bind, you can't get out of this. When you're lost, I will say this. There is absolutely nobody that's going to have to come up beside you and say, You know what? You're lost. You will know it. And that's why when people say all the time, how do you know when you're lost? You'll know it. How do you know when you're saved? You'll know it. For when we talk about that today, how many people can be like the psalmist and say, for I am in trouble, hear me speedily. How many of us this morning can talk about a time in our life when God delivered us? For you see, rescue and deliverance that God has done for people has happened ever since the very beginning of time. Let's turn back to the book of Colossians for just a minute. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read if we may just a minute. Let's read in the 13th verse. If you marked your Bible, skip down to the 13th verse. Who hath delivered, which means to be rescued us, from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. I love what he talks about there, how that we have been, uh, he talks about how that that we have been, the power of darkness hath translated us, talking about how that he has transferred us from one place to another. In other words, from a place to despair to a place of hope. So now notice what he said, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, when we start talking about rescue, it usually goes something like this: you have one person that's helpless, and you have another group of people or a person that has the ability to help. People that are out in the, in the sea, that, 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 that whether it's the Coast Guard or somebody else, come along with a life preserver. You've got one that's helpless, and you've got others or something that is there that has the ability to help. When you're lost, I hope and pray that people get to that point and place in their life where they understand they're helpless. And what it means by helpless is, you know what? A person that's in in these, these, these horrific circumstances, they can gripe and complain. They can murmur and complain. They can say all they want to, but guess what? They're still in the situation they're in. You know, a lot of people want to talk about their sinfulness and they want to blame all these reasons why they're like this or why these things happen. You can make excuses all day long for sin, but the bottom line is you're in a place and you are helpless and you need God. Have you been translated? In other words, have you been taken from one situation to another? If you'll notice what the psalmist was talking about, is that how he said, "How that Lord, and going back to Psalms for just a minute, the 69th division, he said, Lord, you need to deliver me out of the mire. And I get this envision of somebody that's sinking and they can't get out and they need help. I want to ask you a very blunt question and a very honest question this morning. Is there anybody here this morning that's in a predicament or situation, that's singular or situations, plural, that you need help out of? Folks, here's the good news. God can bring you out of these things. God's able to deliver of all the things, whether it's your health or whether it's your jobs and finances and and, and, and relationships, whatever it is that we need in life. God is able for can we say Lord I am in trouble a lot of people don't admit the trouble they're in a lot of people don't realize that the place that they're in is not a place that they want to stay in they need to be brought out for he said for I am in trouble and hear me speedily do you want God to be able to hear you this morning do you think God can hear you this morning I think God can and I believe God wants you to cry out to him because he has the abilities to save you so we're talking about a change in your life as you go along this lifeline of life and you kind of hit this U shape. Hold that thought for just a minute. Let's go to Philippians chapter two for just a minute. Talking about a change in life and how things happen. Philippians chapter two. And let's read if we can, beginning in the sixth verse. Who being in the form of God thought it not robber to be to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You will to talk about that delivery. Folks, Christ didn't come down to this earth because he was bettering himself. He come down to this earth to deliver us because we were the hopeless ones that need to be brought. So here it is. You've got one that's coming down to this earth. When we talk about rescue... I'm not going to rescue you if you're out in the middle of something unless I either send something out there or I come out there. You you can't be rescued. You need someone in some form or fashion to come to the situation you're in. Notice the key to that is somebody has to come to you in the situation you're in because obviously if you're stuck, you can't get out. You know what? That's what helplessness is. You're in a situation you cannot get out, so somebody comes to you. A lot of times when the waters are rushing by, most people are like, we can't do that, it's too dangerous, or whatever it is. Or if they do, they want to tie a rope to them to kind of secure themselves so that they can go out and rescue somebody that's in need. But I want to tell you that today because Jesus did exactly what we needed. He came down to this earth, and the purpose He came for was not to better himself, but it was to rescue us from the sin we were in. So that we might be able to say one day in our life, Lord, I'm in trouble, and hear me speedily. Aren't you glad today that Jesus left heaven? He came down to this earth, and he came with a purpose. And he says, he took up on the form of a servant, and was made of the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient of the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God uh, the Father. So you see here Jesus came down to this earth to deliver us. Go back in the book of Genesis. You can begin in about chapter three and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth chapter. It's all about how God continuously tries to deliver people over and over and over again. God's not limited. God's not going to run out of what he is able to do for us. For let me read over in the book of first Peter, if I may, for just a minute, chapter three and in verse 20. First Peter chapter three and notice what he says in verse 20, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited the days of Noah, so again God's going to deliver mankind, Adam and Eve he delivered them in the days of Noah he's going to deliver them, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure wherein even baptism does also now save us, not the putting of the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of the good conscience toward God by the resurrection of of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven. He came down to earth, and I believe that he ascended back up into heaven, he says, and he is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Folks, today I'm going to make this very plain. God can rescue you. Are you to that place that you can say, Lord, I'm in trouble? Hear me speedily. Have you cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm in trouble? I need that. Have you recognized the trouble that you're in? God has delivered His people over and over and over again. Genesis. I want to turn back for just a minute. Genesis chapter 37. We read about a man by the name of Joseph. And the plot against him was he was going to be uh, killed. Genesis chapter 37 uh, you can skip down to about 20. Come now, therefore, talking about Joseph, Genesis 37 and 20, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and he shall see what will become of his dreams. Reuben heard him, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. But there was still an evil plot that was going on. You know this rescue that happened? It's still God working in this. So Reuben, when he heard that, he said, No, we're not going to do this. So the 22nd verse, Reuben said unto him, Let's don't, let's don't shed no blood. Let's don't kill him. But let's just cast him into the pit that is in the wilderness. Lay our no hand upon him that he might not rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. Well... And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat and his coat of many colors that was upon him and they took him and cast him in a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Joseph got in a place. He was in this place and he got cast in and he was helpless. He couldn't get out. He was in that place much like you and I get into in our life. Uh, much like many people have gotten to in their life, where we have to say, Lord, I'm in trouble. Hear me speedily. And it says, And they sat down to eat, and they lifted up their eyes, and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelite came from Gilead with their camels bearing uh, spircy, Spicery and Balm and Myrrh, going to carry about down to Egypt. So you can skip on down to about the um, not, 29th Verse. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and he returned unto his brethren and said, This child is not, and I, whither shall I go? Here's the thing. They thought they were going to put Joseph in a pit and he was going to die. First of all, they were going to kill him. Reuben said, no, let's don't do this. We're going to just throw him in a pit. They expect him to be dead, but you know what? He had already been delivered out of that pit. And you know what the story goes? I'm going to kind of paraphrase this. Joseph goes on. He actually becomes one of the greatest in command there. So when the rest go through a famine, his brothers end up coming to him for the needs they had in their life. And I say that because God is continually... Able to deliver His people over and over and over again. How many times in your life have you been delivered by God? It happens at salvation. But how many times after that has God delivered us out of the the, the needs that we have in our life? For if you remember what happened to Moses there in the book of Exodus chapter 2. I'm not going to read all of this. But in the book of Exodus chapter 2. We see that Moses was uh, born, and verse 5 says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. In other words, Moses was supposed to be, his life was supposed to be taken. Instead, he was put into an ark, found here uh, a little later on, delivered out of what he was in. Of course, we know what Moses did. He, he ended up being a great leader for the people of Israel. Skip down to the 11th verse. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and spied an Egyptian, smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men in the Hebrews strove together and said unto them that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me? Is thou killedest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of the Midian had seven daughters and they came uh, and drew water and they filled the trough uh, of water to their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And now I want you to notice what's happening here. There was a, again intentions that, 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 that death was going to happen but God is going to come along and God is going to rescue So today, do you have a story in in an account in your life when you can say, God brought me out? Maybe it was a time that you can say that you were in... People have some pretty amazing stories about how God has brought them out and God has rescued them that that they said, Lord, I'm in trouble. Sometimes it's these horrific accidents that happen in life. Sometimes it's about people that sit in a church pew and how that they were in such a miserable state. They were helpless and they cried out to God and said, God, I am in trouble. Folks, God understands your trouble today. You know what? God's people, we don't need to hold silent all these times over and over again how God has delivered us and how God is able to rescue us. For here in the book of Numbers chapter 10, and down to the ninth verse, I'll read you a verse and it says, And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, And ye shall be saved from your enemies. Sometimes we acknowledge defeat before it ever happens. And what that means is sometimes we wave a white flag of surrender against evil and sin before we ever go to battle. Notice what we read here it says, He says, when it comes time for you to go to battle, He says, you need to blow your trumpets, He says, you need to offer your sacrifices. He says, and you need to get ready as you get ready to go out and be saved from your enemies. Today, how many of us feel like we're defeated because we're in a predicament we can't get out of? Maybe we find ourselves before we ever get in them. Well, there's no way we can get out. Folks, God intends to deliver us from these situations. For notice what He says. Again, there are numbers. Uh, chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, it says, and if you go to war in your land... Against the enemy that oppresseth you. Now again, the enemy that's trying to oppress you. Do you know what oppress you means to do? It means to bind you up and to tie you. Do you know what it means to bind you up? Let's, let's, let's think pretty literal this morning. If you come up here and I was to take rope and tie your hands and your feet and I was to bind you up and I tell you to go outside in the parking lot get in your car, what are you going to be able to do? You can't do it. You're going to find yourself in a helpless situation that you cannot get out of. Folks, whether we acknowledge this or not, the world's doing everything they can to oppress us and tie us up and bind us. What I mean by that is they're trying to keep us where we can't say nothing. We won't do anything. It's almost like the old image you get of people that's being bound up. They get a a handkerchief stuffed in their mouth and now they can't go nowhere and they can't say anything, folks. The church is not oppressed. The church is not a group of people that we are bound up and that we have been muzzled. Folks, we have a voice, we have legs. We can move, we can go, we can do things. God has given us that. Why? Because we have been delivered. It's not that we need delivering. It's that we have been delivered. But you know what? If you are oppressed today, as he said there, he talks about if you are oppressed, God can bring you out of that for notice what he said. He says that uh, he's against the enemy that oppresseth you. Now again, when they oppress you, they're trying to bind you up because there's a sense of hostility that's going on. And he says, that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets. You know what that means? It's just time to sound a battle cry that it's time to go. You know, I I don't know if this is a good phrase to use, but sometimes the Christian people cower up because we're afraid to go to battle. Because we're afraid we're going to lose. That we are in defeat. Folks, Do you believe in victory today? Do you believe God can deliver you out of something? I'm not saying we have to tempt God. I'm not saying those things. But I am saying this... Do not be afraid to sound the trumpet and go out in the world and tell people what Jesus has done for you. Don't be afraid and ashamed to go out in the world to tell your friends and your neighbors and your moms and your dads and your children and your aunts and your uncles. Don't be ashamed to go out and tell people what they've done. They'll laugh at you and they'll kind of look at you. And matter of fact, when you start talking about how good God is, sometimes people just get silent because they don't know what to say. But you know what? May, may, may these situations and circumstances make us not feel like that we are pressed, but that we can go out and that we can cry out and say, God, do what we stand in need of today. May we do as the psalmist said in the very beginning uh, where he cried out and said, Lord, for I am in trouble, hear me speedily. Do you think God is able to deliver us out of the circumstances and situations we're in? Absolutely we are. I'm not going to read it, in the book of 1 Samuel, it talks about those that were in a situation and how they had to cry out to the king and the king would have to send people to come and to help them. You know what today, folks, when you cry out to God and you're in hell, our king has someone to come along and help you and get you out of the situation you're in. Do you know who that person is? Oh, we got some good people. And let me rephrase that. I've got some good people in my life. I've got some people I have absolutely the the utmost confidence in that if I talk to them, they will give me sound, solid advice. But do you know who the one that always can be called upon to come and help us? The Holy Spirit of God. You know what the Holy Spirit of God will do? It's early in the morning and you're laying there and there's just all kinds of things bubbling up in your heart. Guess what? God's Spirit will just come upon you. You know what it's like when you're in your vehicle and you're riding down the road or you're out taking a walk or you're on your job or wherever it is in life and and all of a sudden you feel like you're just mired up as the psalmist did. Do you ever feel like that you're just in a sinking situation and God, the great king, will say, I'll send you some help. You know who that help is? He will send you His Spirit. And you know what I love about the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is called the Comforter. When you're in a helpless situation... It's not very easy to stay calm and be in comfort. But I'll tell you this, God's Spirit will do just exactly that. God's Spirit comes along and gives us exactly what we need. For I believe it says in the Psalms, that yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He said we find that comfort in God's presence in our life because He comes along and He helps us out of the situation and the circumstances we're in and God will deliver us. And God has delivered us. God desires to deliver us. But may we realize He has a Spirit that we can call upon and that Holy Spirit will come to us and help us in time of need. For Psalms 107. Let me read to you the sixth verse. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. In other words, they were right in the middle of the enemy. And they were right in the middle of a battle. And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And notice what it said. It's a comma. And He delivered them out of their distresses. I love that word, delivered. Do you know what the word delivered means in the Hebrew language? It means to be snatched. In other words, sometimes we think rescuing is a slow process. Folks, that night when God saved my soul, it was not a process. He snatched me up out of that that horrible feeling I was in and He gave me peace. You know what? It wasn't something that took me a day or two or a week or two or a month or two. God snatched me up out of that feeling I was in and God put me in a whole different place. If you want to talk about a U-shape, I was going along life and I saw my lost condition and God just didn't gradually bring me out. He snatched me up. He set me down. And I'll tell you something, folks. I have a total different outlook on life after I was saved than I had before I was saved. Why? Because before I was saved, I lived my life in trying to do everything I I could to keep myself from putting myself in what I would call a dumb situation and dying. But you know what? After I got saved, I realized death is not the the worst thing to happen to you in life. Living and dying a death without God is the worst thing that can happen. When God saved me, my outlook on life changed. Why? Because I had been snatched out of. And I'm not just talking about just snatched out of some creepy crawly things that made me feel uncomfortable. Folks, we're talking about the very pits of hell God snatched me out of. That ought to make every one of us shout this morning when we get on the other side of that deliverance. When every one of us have cried as the psalmist did earlier and say, Lord, he said, I'm in trouble, hear me speedily. Folks, today I thank God that He can hear us and that God desires to hear us and He wants to hear us. Why? Because we need to be set free of the the things that we're in. How are we going to be set free? Oh, hush in a minute. But in the book of Revelation chapter 1, John the Revelator tells us very plainly what cuts that cord of death and evil so that we can be brought out. You know, sometimes when people are in a predicament, it's because they're stuck. Remember what we read earlier about he was in mire? In other words, he couldn't get, he was stuck. Let, Let me read that to you one more time. We'll get to Revelation in just a second. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. You won't talk about stuck. He said, Get me out of this. Stuck just means something is holding on to you. Do you think lost people have stuff holding on to them right now? It's their pride, that's one thing. Maybe they're worried about maybe if I get... you know, Whatever it is. You can hold on. All these things are grabbing a hold of you and they're holding on. But God is able to sever all of those things and set you free. People have worry in their life. You know what God can do? He can sever those too. People have fears. You know what God can do to those fears? He can sever those fears. And it all happens by Revelation chapter 1 and in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Folks, today we're free, but we're going to be free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Go back sometime, read that psalm where David said, Lord, he says, I'm out in the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me. In other words, there's potential there. Neither let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Help me to be victorious. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. You know what a lot of people would do in this situation? God, why'd you let me get here? You know what he said? Even in the hurt that he was in, he said, thy loving kindness is good. Let me pause just a minute. Go to the most painful time in your life. Could you still say, God, your loving kindness is good? Folks, that takes some soul searching to say that, doesn't it? He says, Lord, thy loving kindness is good. Turn me according to thy multitude of thy tender mercies. Hide not thy face from my servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. This morning... Can you say, for I'm in trouble, hear me speedily, which just mean, Lord, hear me and hear me now. I want us to get a song this morning. Anybody here in trouble that needs to be rescued, over and over and over again, God has rescued people. But you know what I've also seen? And I want to hush. There's people that sinking, they get that life vest thrown out to them. You know how, you know how sometimes at the at the pools and in the in the oceans and stuff, they have a... They have this ring that they up for a life vest, but there's a rope attached to it. You ever wonder how many people are sinking, but that life vest is just sitting right there, and they're like, I'm not catching a hold of that. You know what today, folks? There's a lot of people that have the, the one to rescue them right there, but they don't want to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Are you that close to Jesus, but you're going to turn it away? Or are you going to grab a hold to him? I'll tell you this. When you get delivered out of what you're in You'll find that peace in your life. In your life, we will be different. For those that are saved, how different is it for us?